Hey, Farva. Nobody can pay you in a corner. Hey, is any of this sinking in? Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. You're dead. D, 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 dead. What's the name of that restaurant you like with all the goofy shit on the walls and the mozzarella sticks? You mean shenanigans? No. Oh. Oh. Very much shenanigans, right? Hey everyone, welcome to the 35mm Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Tracy. And today we're going to talk about the 2021 pandemic movie, Nobody, directed by Ilya Nyashuller. Hasn't really directed much, done some music videos, but if you've ever seen Hardcore Henry, he directed that. That's that one that's a entirely through first person isn't it yes okay i've heard it's an okay movie i haven't ever seen it um it's such a weird cinematography choice well i mean I, I like when people try to do new things yeah well you remember oh god that uh i want to say all right doom movie with carl urban and the rock in it where they did that little bit of first person in it too mm-hmm. oh yeah that is like what the only good scene from that movie? Oh, that scene was good regardless. That movie was good regardless. Your standards are too high, Matt. You need to bring them down a bit. But <laughs> I'm, no, I'm still. I'm sorry. I'm still reacting to you saying you like Doom. I do like Doom. I like yeah. shitty movies. I do too. Most people. You will. like ironically I'm, shitty movies. I like unironically shitty movies. <laughs> Oh, um, but this is, uh, as I said, it was a pandemic movie. Not a lot of movies coming out around at that time, even though we, we're still in a pandemic. But pretty much everyone's get, like said, fuck it. Did you go see any movies during the pandemic? I did not leave the house to see any movies for the pandemic. In fact, the first movie I saw post-pandemic or after the start of the pandemic was F9. And that was like in that little break there in late May of last year, was it? When everybody's like, everybody's got the vaccines, we're coming over this, and then Delta hit. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, fuck. And then it was until No Way Home that I saw the next movie, was the next movie that I saw in theaters. And I've gone and seen a couple more since then, but I... When we went? Yeah, when we went. That was the first time since F9 that I've been in the movie theater. They had a totally different experience. I know. Like when when the pandemic, you know, shut everything down, our local local theater up here decided to open back up with everything distance. And I saw, and they were just showing old movies because there was nothing to release because everything that had been out or was coming out had already gone straight to streaming. Uh, Onward, um, Harley Quinn, all of the, all of those. So they were showing a bunch of old movies. So and they had reduced the price. So I was like, uh, one time I spent I watched three strip movies in a row, uh, like Wizard of Oz, and then E.T., and then oh, what was the other? I think one of the back. I watched all three Back to the Futures there, but it was just, and no one was showing up, so it was even better. Hey, you went saw like a movie three or four times a week during the pandemic. Pretty much again, like I was, when I didn't, when no one was there, yep, sure did. And you were maybe one of two people in the theater the entire time, yep. And you, that was you same. probably kept you probably kept Sherry theaters in business here in Murray at least for a month. Uh, and that was the same there and down in Alabama, yeah. Yeah, whenever they opened back up with like new movies, I'd go there and there was. No one there, and I saw a lot of, lot of movies. Uh, too. This was one of them, actually. So, this, I guess, I would say, what made you decide to pick this movie in particular? Oh, I just want to do something current, and and I like it, as we'll talk about. I like that. Oh, like, well, we can get into it here in a second. But you know, Bob Odenkirk branching out into action movies. Yeah. Which is really, I was like, oh, wow. That's Bob Odenkirk doing an action movie. Let's well, this is, let's give it a shot. 
Yeah. Well, this is the first time I think I've actually, I haven't seen all Breaking Bad. I don't think I ever saw him in Breaking Bad to begin with. I never got that far in the series. So you never got to season two? I've, I got season two as like only a couple of episodes in. Um, uh, and so. Never watched Mr. Show with Bob and David or Miss. Yeah, Mr. Show with Bob and David. Nope. Tenacious D. Which one? The show. I never saw the show Tenacious D. For a second, that's where they pick a destiny. I was like, I don't think he's in that movie. <laughs> Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Nope. How I Met Your Mother. God, that's been over a decade now since I've seen that. Uh, he had a lot of several episodes in that. Um, yeah, we're talking about a guy who's very versatile as a com in comedy. He's written a lot, written a lot in comedy, been in comedies a lot, and then with drama. And this was just like whenever he, I was like. Bob Odenkirk in an action movie. I'm so let's give it a shot. Yeah. Well, uh, I remember seeing this when it was released because this is one of the HBO day one HBO Max and dual releases, wasn't it? No. It wasn't? Mm-mm. Huh. Because I, I remember seeing this advertised a bit in places, but I never did actually watch it during that time period. So, yeah. I mean, it and, was, I mean, of course, it gave me it gave John Wick vibes, and I love John Wick. A lot of people love John Wick. And which, uh, funny, fun story when it came out, like I, I tweeted about it, and uh, Ilya uh, Nyashuller actually liked the tweet because I was like, "Let's start a, let's start a fucking John Wickiverse," and because I would look like, like I said, I love this movie and I um, I really like it. And I would like to see him and Keanu just kick ass together in a movie. (laughs) Well, you in their fucking mid fifties, just you beating the shit out of everyone. Yeah. Well, that makes it sound like you're about to be one of those people posted on a shitty ass website that just develops a story based off some random ass tweets. They're making a John Wick nobody universe. See, Ilya, like this tweet by this random person here. See, they're working towards it. It's proof that it's going to come happen. I mean, the reason, actually, the reason I brought that, I mean, I said all that is, here's the the fun story. Like, the writer of this movie is also Derek Colstad, who created John Wick. Yeah, and I I remember reading somewhere, because looking up to see if there'd be a sequel, that it was also mentioned it was either the director or the writer said as much that they would love to have maybe not direct like cameo of one of them in the other movie, but they'd definitely be like a Easter regs for in a sense. Like if you paid attention to it, you'd probably catch like a two second glimpse of one or the other. Well, they, they set up a kind of like a similar scenario for Odenkirk's character that John Wick has. And yeah. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, so, I mean, it, it did modest in the box office considering it was a pandemic and only on a budget of 16 mil for and made, you know, about 58 mil. It was only 16 million. Yeah. Damn it. 50. So pre pandemic, it probably would have made about 300 million. It, it could, it could have done really good had it been released during 2019, you know, the past times. Yeah. Before, before fucking COVID. Yeah. Uh, Life pre COVID was a lot better. Just saying. But yeah, I mean, I think this also movies gained some ground since it hit streaming because a lot of people are now seeing it. They didn't see any theaters be and are have really enjoyed the movie for what it is. Yeah, so we'll get into it. Um, we open up in an interrogation room, and you know, Odenkirk's opening a can of tuna out of a can for a cat. Like and, it's you- you're making it sound much more nonchalant than it is because he's just sitting there like he comes to and he's got blood on his face and you're like, what the fuck is going on? This is a hell of a coat open. And he pull his hands are handcuffs. He pulls a pack of cigarettes out, lights a cigarette, and then he pulls out a can of tuna and you're like, where in the hell is this going? And all of a sudden he pulls a cat out of his fucking jacket and you're like, what? Yeah, and, but it is, but he's being nonchalant about it. And I know. I mean, it's just because it's not it's like even a small coat open because um this whole movie is framed around jumping ahead he's really only in this interrogation room for about five more minutes after the end but you know he's it goes uh one of the detectives is like who are who the fuck are you and it just jumps straight into the title card nobody and i love it um and then 
Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, then we get the opening montage of, of Hutch. This, that opening montage, I loved it. It hit me in the feels. It felt too real sometimes. <laughs> that we all live fucking boring lives. Yes. Yep. He lives a very dull life, which, you know, when you see, except like the most excitement he has is when he's doing pull-ups in front of his wife's poster. For so that fishing. is his wife's realtor poster yeah. advertisement? Okay. I was, I was getting to feel like he was working out and it's you get the feeling as you watch his montage that this is a very, not a very happy marriage. <laughs> like, oh, it just, well, I mean, what what the clue for that should have been the whole she sleeps it, with a pillow in between them. I know that's, whew, that's rough. Um, I do that. The and this is where we, you know, we we meet the wife, played by Connie Nielsen. Uh, her best known role to me recently has been Hippolyta and Wonder Woman. Uh, okay. I knew she looked off. familiar, but I couldn't place it. Uh, she was the main actress in Gladiator. The show? No, the Scott Ripley's, Ridley Scott movie. Yes. Okay. I was thinking of main actress in American Gladiators. Wow. That's a, of course, Matt would know that information. But we're talking about, you know, they do a montage over a few weeks and, you know, dull, dull, dull. And then we get the, you know, what's about what you would think is going to be an action scene is the, you know, break in. And he, you know, starts hearing noises and he gets out and he see he sees the robbers and prepares to beat the shit out of them with a golf club. And he's like, wait, what money do you, uh, where's your money? And he's like, uh, I don't, I use a debit card and a left. And it's a lot of little quirk, little you know, quick lines like that, that I'm like, that's pretty good. Um, and he's about to just crack skull, these two skulls open until he just pulls back. Well, and I his, like it. Go ahead. His son attacked one of them at that point and kind mm-hmm. of did like the hit toss on him, had him in a, like a choke hold, the one that didn't have the gun. And as I was watching, it's like, I can kind of see him not wanting to hit her because what if he did hit the person with a gun? And it misfires and it shoots his kid. Like, what is the hesitation there? You know, it's like at oh, that point, I, the the game changed from beating ass to let's make sure my son walks away from this. But that wasn't the case, as we'll find out. Yeah, because I really that, and that's what I like about the scene is like, you know, we're, we're going to tease the badassery of Hutch. We're not going to sh- like, you know, he could fuck these two up. But it's not time yet. Like the entire like first forty five minutes of this movie, you're like, who the fuck is this dude? Like, what's going on? And you just have these little bits and pieces, and you're like, is this dude a bad motherfucker? We just don't know it. <laughs> Come find out. Spoiler alert: Yes, he is. Um, and then you get this weird scene. Like, well, I mean, not weird, but odd scene with the um, with the cops, and you have the son calling him out in front of the cops. Like, you should have done something. And then the other cop, like, kind of like implying, yeah, you're a shitty fucking person for not doing anything. Or he said that you did all you could condescendingly. Just like you did well, all I'm you talking could. talking about the other one. He was like, if it was my family. Oh, that, yeah. I mean, they're both, yeah, they're both shitty towards him. And then, you know, now he's having to deal with all this. Um, and he's not, he's, you know, goes to his basement, which is not his fucking basement. Yeah. Basement of God's. And daughter comes in, wants a cat and all this stuff. And then the morning and this daughter is the only third person in this world that is not belittling his ass because you have the wife talking shit, thinking he's a no one and he's never divorcing or she's never going to trying to divorce him. Well, that was a, cause you see their interactions after this and you get the very feeling that that is a, dead marriage that they're only in it because of the kids like if it was for the kids they would not be together Uh, and then you know everybody his kid his son is like fuck you man and you know from the kids perspective i see his point but honestly if you look at them after that happens it's the kid that's rocking the shiner too from where he got punched and there's nothing like showing of a scuffle from his dad's face so like his son is like they're showing the physical attributes of like he's the only one that fought and the dad did nothing like if you were to hear this story you would Mm -hmm. think the son did more than the dad did 
And, you know, they go outside and he's getting shit talked by his neighbor who got a new car. And, uh, I mean, we didn't need to know why he got this car, but apparently his, his dad died, but fuck that dude because it didn't, he didn't care. Yeah. You got that. Uh, I think it was Camaro. He was like zero to 60 and I'm about to find the fuck out. And then he, he goes to work and this is the first time you, you mean, in the montage you saw him clock in and all that stuff. Now you get to talk, interact with people at work. And this is really the first time you learn his name. Yeah. And which that's uh, interesting when you can go 20 minutes. I think we're about the 15, 20 minute mark at this point, And you still don't know who the main protagonist's name is in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's which some think, movies where you don't know the protagonist's name at all. Yeah. But I mean, that's just very interesting. I thought the I story think it would have been better if they didn't say his name. It would have played into the nobody or if it was a fake name. We Maybe it was. Well, I mean, no, I mean, everybody was calling him. I, I don't think so. But his brother-in-law walks in to talk to him, who looks like a wish version of fucking Drew McIntyre. Yeah, that dude was all kind of tossed up and just pretty boy. Like, obviously, he was very much put as the counterpoint to Hutch. Yeah. Of like, here's well, Hutch, your everyday nobody. And here's but this. this mother- but this motherfucker pulls a goddamn gun on him. Well, and like, a, like to just talk about and without the safety on. Well, you remember they were talking about it in the kitchen that morning after this happened. And they knew his Hutch had served in the military, but he was just kind of like logistics is all it's kind of said. Well, he said he was an auditor and he wasn't lying about that. But yeah, so I'm assuming like logistic administration. And then his wife's like, talk to your uncle. I can't remember the dude's name. He was like, he was actually... Charlie, he was actually a real soldier. He fought. Yeah, and then this is the same dude that walks on this man. And, and this is the dude that walks in and points a proverbially loaded gun at the dude's face. Without the like, safety on. Yeah, you're just like, Jesus. Well, this that is the shit's... this is the <laughs> juxtaposition between Hutch and Charlie. Charlie likes to show how much of a badass he is. Hutch, Hutch is like I, Hutch is like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Because if he did, it wouldn't make this dude well. He gets his comeuppance later, but so he gives Hutch the gun to protect his family, and he's like, no, fuck this, because it's not worth my time. As you'll find out, he's got plenty of guns, um, and he stores it in the freezer. Just out of sight, out of mind. But, like, a few hours later, somebody in that office is going to see it. Maybe not, because it, it seemed like there's a family-run business. There might have been only a couple people who worked in the office, per se. Um. And then he starts talking to his pappy-in-law, uh, played by Michael Ironside. Uh, have you ever heard of Michael Ironside? No. The only oh, so he's been in a bunch of shit. Uh, have you ever seen Highlander Two? Have you ever no. seen Top Gun? No. Have I seen Top Gun? Wait, it's wait, been a wait, while. Time. time out. You said you've <laughs> never seen Top Gun. If it's if I seen Top Gun, it's been a couple of decades. Uh, Total Recall. I don't think I have. Holy shit. Let's see, here are problems that you could now have the power to fix in my life, Matt. Major fucking pain. I've seen Major Pain, yeah. He's the lieutenant colonel. I'll have to weird Major Pain back. Oh, that's that guy. Starship fucking troopers. Seen that a couple times. He's the lieutenant. He's the one that, you know, pr- uh, he was the actual the teacher at the beginning and then becomes the lieutenant for the Roughnecks. Oh, the one without the... Uh- I yes. know what you're talking about. He, he's been a bunch he's of... He's a history uh, and moral philosophy teacher, if you read the books. Yeah. Well, nah, if you read the, book. the books. Then other things like Ter- Terminator Salvation. Um, he played Darkseid in Superman the Animated Show. Okay. Now that I'm looking at a picture of him, but he did not look familiar in Nobody. Like, he did not look that familiar in Nobody. Oh, well, yeah, because he's in his he's in his early 70s. Yeah, like now that I see it, he just kind of looked like a normal old man. But when you see a picture of him from his 40s and 30s, I'm like, oh, I know who that is. Because didn't he have a couple, was he in a Star Trek show? No, I don't think so. Oh, uh, yeah, I definitely know who he is after looking him up. Yep, I've seen a few movies with him. So he's talking to his father-in-law here, and Hutch wants to buy the business. Again, uh, everyone's still getting their digs in on him, like, Maybe Michael Ironside kind of, and he doesn't like the offer. And he's like, I want a great God or a goddamn great offer. And 
and like if you pause it right here as uh hutch is about to go into his office you see like how much weight odenkirk has has lost for this role and it shows in this movie because he did his own stunts and he worked out for two years to prepare for it oh wow he'd been doing this for two preparing for this role for two years yeah damn he was really invested in this role i guess um and then he, he's thinking about the tattoo uh, in the rock, the break in, uh, which fun story. Well, not fun story, but the uh, Odenkirk was actually has had his had a home invasion himself. Yeah. And he had to trap the trespassers in the basement. Shit. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn, dude. Hmm. I guess that comes uh, into play later. Well, I mean, he used it for like to get into his role. You know, he's locks the office and he starts taking a little sippy sip in the office. Do you ever do that, Tracy? Drinking the office? No. Yeah. Not yet, anyways. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. No drinking in don't the have office. You, don't have you a bottle of wild turkey? <laughs> no. Oh, Just no. The in case of situation. Even a little flask like Hutch has here. This is uh, situated right next to his radio in his cabinet. Yeah, a little shortwave. Talk to talk to people. So I thought that was just a normal radio. And so he's sitting here drinking and talking and like just hearing this what it appears to be just a random ass radio announcer. And I thought he was having like a disassociative like event of where he was just hearing the the radio personality talk to him specifically when it actually wasn't talking to him is what I thought was happening here. And I got me thinking like, dude, this why. This guy's life is just fucking miserable. Nobody believes him. And they all think he's a bitch. He's sitting in his office drinking whiskey. And this he's having a, like a psychological break. And I was like wondering if this is going to be like a sucker punch moment. Like we talked about last week to where it, none of it's real. It's all fake. We find out at the end is where my mind was starting to go. Mm-hmm. And well, we'll find out later. This is his brother. Uh, we'll talk about it. Who that is later. Uh, the that he was talking describing the situation with the robbery and the reason he didn't strike was actually because the gun was empty and I was like yeah. well okay makes sense you know still in this fucking dull ass life of his where the most exciting thing is two people broke in and got away with about five bucks in a and s- some other shit and everybody's just hounding him he goes to see his dad who's watching old westerns and I'm like. Holy shit, that's my grandfather. <laughs> it's everybody over the age of 65. Yeah, man. If you are you gonna you gonna get into Westerns, Tracy? If I find good ones. We're gonna get you into what we're gonna do a Western theme month. Okay. I mean it's fine. I've been wanting to rewatch Tombstone and Oh no, 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 no. Oh no. Well, I get to pick a couple of them, so we'll watch Tombstone <laughs> in that month. Maybe we'll watch the uh I mean, oh I love Tombstone. I just was gonna get you to watch like something like Fucking a million di- ways to die in the West or some shit. I mean, that'd be fine. Um, isn't and his dad's being, doesn't he being, go to his dad's? Wait, we miss the doesn't he go home? And then you're, they're starting to eat dinner, and his daughter is like, no. That oh, comes up next. Oh, okay. Because he's sitting there, and they start having dinner together, which you know, entirely relatable to sit there awkwardly in silence with your fucking father. Yeah, but I mean, well, can we can we talk about the moment about who the dad is, though? Yes, I was so happy to see him in that. <laughs> I was like, yes, he's still alive. <laughs> well, we haven't even revealed who it is. Who is it, Tracy? It's Christopher Lloyd of Back to the Future fame, and what other movies, Matt? What do you mean? What other movies? You've never seen him in anything else? I can't name off the top of my head if I have. Have you? Uh, he was very famous on uh, the TV show Taxi. If you've nope. ever seen one, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, really great movie. Nope. Uh, he was in a Star Trek movie. He was the main villain in Star Trek Three. Never seen it. Um, his other most po- probably popular role with millennials like us is Judge Doom and Roger Rabbit. And that's been years since I've seen that movie. What about Adam's Family movies as Fester? That's right. He is Fester in those. Uh, you wouldn't know this because you probably haven't ever seen Clue. I might have years ago, like when I was a teenager. Oh, but I mean, 
uh, but yeah, his most pro- his probably most famous role has been in Back to the Future. Holy fuck! It's one of my favorite movies, and I was just drawing a blank there. Yeah, uh, that's where I mainly know him from is Doc Brown. Like I start, I couldn't think of his name when I was taking my notes. Somebody was like Doc Brown, and then like five minutes later, he's like, "Oh yeah, it's Christopher Lloyd. That's who he is." Right. He, he played in several early '90s movies. I, I liked watching too. But yeah, just a real awkward dinner. Great. Um, Slightly awkward. Don't know exactly what to say to your dad. Just kind of silence. Like, well, fuck, am I here? Okay, I'm pay- okay. Gotta go. Bye, bye. Love you, pops. Bye. I, you know. So he he goes back home, and this is where we start getting the catalyst for everything. And you no know, kid gets his el- gets his shit rocked by an elbow. Nah, that's fine. Loses some money, and you know, now nah, that's fine. Gets ridiculed by literally everyone. Now nah, that's fine. Steals the little kitty kitty cat wire kitty cat bracelet. Nope, fuck this shit. I'm done. Let's go fuck the pe- people up. And so he goes back to his dad to get the gear. And you see a fake or uh, FBI badge, and he's just getting dressed. It's like back, re- like his back cave. <laughs> I mean, he didn't really get much though. It's like. A brown trench coat. Yeah, well, that's not even a trench coat. It's just a brown coat. A six shooter and his dad and his dad's FBI badge. Yeah, and this is where I I I start noticing the song choices. Uh huh. And how Ilya like rocked it with these choices. Like if you listen to the lyrics and stuff, like this one's by Luther Allison called "Life Is a Bitch," and I was like. That's a that's a really good one. And there's some others later I'll point out. This is where Hutch is like, no, fuck this. I'm gonna find these people and starts going like getting a little montage of him going to different tattoo parlors. And so he gets the tattoo of the people breaking in. The best part about this is we got a dude investigating a robbery using the metro line, using public transportation to get around. Yeah. (laughs) Just kind of riding around. As he goes, um, and it's like three or four tattoo parlors he goes to, and they're like, "Nope." Yeah, that. And then he goes to the last one, and they're like, a v- "This Vietnam vet, it's like that's a fake badge." And so they're like, four dudes about to beat the shit out of him." And again, you're like, "All right, here we go." Nope. <laughs> well, because all of a sudden, this the vet sees the tattoo, which it's a um, a seven and two of diamonds, isn't it? It's not a seven of diamonds, it's but it's a bad seven of spades and two of diamonds. It's like statistically the worst hand in Texas Hold'em. Uh-huh. But um he sees that and he's like, nope, I'm a, I'm the fuck out of here. Y'all have fun. <laughs> Fucking walks away, closes the door, locks it. And and not just locks it, there's like 20 different locks that he's locking to. It's just over and, the top. All right. And then another and this is where you got to see the Simpsons. Um, there's this one episode where Mo is getting robbed and he climbs into a, a crevice and starts locking a bunch of doors. And he's like, I'm behind like all this glass. You can't get to me. And then Snake just steals the money anyway. And then he just die, like passes out from lack of oxygen. And it's fucking I think funny. I've seen that episode before. I think uh, it's been a while. Yeah, it was uh, 22 short episodes around Springfield. It's... And then the people were like, wait, if that vet dude is going away, yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're not going to. Even with brass knucks, we ain't about to fuck yeah. with this. Here's the information you need. This is where you can find them. Please don't hurt us. Yeah. They were like, here, here you go. Uh, we don't need your money. Do you need um, anything else? Anything else you need, man? Uh, so he goes to the, the apartment of the people that robbed him. And you see a lot of signals that they're very poor around there uh, in the household and you get a little cool reveal of him showing himself. Yeah. And just slightly creepy, just kind of stats out of a shadow and you're like, the fuck? Yeah. Sneaky, sneaky. Like even the husband walked past him and didn't see him. And that's when he pistol slaps the fuck out of the husband here. And greatest line in the movie to me, give me, give me the goddamn kitty cat bracelet motherfucker like put that on my headstone i was like mm, it's great 
And then he sees that the kid is sick, got a little, you know, a little baby respirator or baby oxygen mask. And, and he's like, shit, fuck this. I didn't mean, oh, God damn it. And so he walks out and starts beating the shit out of a wall, which, you know, if it was like me, my, my knuckles already be broken. And just, and it's a brick wall too. It's not even just like, here's, here's drywall for you beat on. This dude's just concrete brick. Just beating the hell out of it, venting his stress that he's that you can tell that's obviously been building up for the past X amount of years of his life as he's lived that life for just probably hatred. since he married her, ever since he gave up the life because he's about yeah. he's like, no, I like I like fucking dudes up, but this whenever he goes home and a couple drunk dudes just you know plow into the side of him and stop the bus, and this is about the what this is the only time you see hear him narrate, correct. I think so. And, but I mean, I thought it was pretty cool. He's just like, I wish these motherfuckers would. Is pretty much what he's saying. Yeah. And then they kind of leave him alone, but then they start obviously harassing a girl with not good intentions in their mind. And the, uh, this again, another song's playing here called I Gotta Be Me by Tony Bennett. And it's a really g- good compliment. You got slow-mo here. He's like, oh, yes, this is going to be a great day. And then he's like, I'm going to fuck you up. That's a great line. That was a great call. And then you just start, you know, and then he starts going at it. And really, like, in this whole scene, a bunch of fighting going on. And he's got this really nice use of a glass bottle where he just shoves it into a dude's face and then beats the shit out of him with it. Yeah. And then he starts choking, like, Choking dudes with the stock cable from a bus. And I'm like, I didn't even know they could go out that far. Dude, that I it the one that hurt me the most in the entire fight sequence is when he kicked the knife through the dude's leg. Mm-hmm. That that hurt me. I was like, oh my god, that hurt. The the whole thing about the this whole time though, the bus driver just chilling outside watching him. Just like Yeah. Yeah, oh. that was just intense. <laughs> just the but this is also where you see that this isn't John Wick. This is, he's not impervious. Yeah. Like he, he gets his shit rocked in this movie. But A few he's times. Like, like, but he's still willing to fight on. And that's what I like about him. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I like about Hutch, really, is that he is vulnerable, but he still will kick ass. Yeah. Well, and in this, and one thing I want to say, I think differentiates him from John Wick. And this also in this particular scene here, because it doesn't hold true for the rest of them. But this one, he wasn't looking to kill here. He was no. just looking to dish out punishment and in a sense beat his frustrations out on these other people. Well, it was obviously what not wanting to kill anyone because he gave the gave this dude who you got who's the brother of the main villain in this movie, uh, an emergency tracheotomy. Yeah. So like, but and like in John Wick, that dude would have been all of them would have been dead. Oh no yeah, definitely. But that and, that is almost on par in recent movies that I've seen. I can think of two movies that have bus scene, bus fight scenes in them: Shang Chi and Nobody. Which one did you like better? No, uh, this one personally. But this one's good. Yeah, like the Shang Chi's got that wonderful Jackie Chan, Jet Lee martial arts kind of fighting yeah. style to it. But this one's just such a this real fucking beat down on all levels that it adds just this there's a punish in a sense there's the people in it are not impervious and everything it's brutal and it's messy and it's not perfect yeah and so after this he goes back home and my dude looks like he just got out of fight club and Connie, yeah. Connie Nelson. Connie Nelson's like, what happened? All this, and this is where she kind of implies like she knows what he's done in his life, but then yeah. later you find out she didn't, which I thought was a little awkward. But they can always clear up later if they ever do sequels. Well, like he comes home and like he's in the background in shadow, and she's like, "Everything okay?" When they start talking, so he comes down the stairs, and you see him up front, and he's got his face all fucked up. He's bleeding, and then. She starts patching him up, and then you I don't remember if this was in my mind that this thought came up or if it's a quote, but I got a very just like old times of like, and here we are back again to when we first got together. You yeah, come that's home what and I, me that's patching what I you together. Too. 
like because the way she was patching him up yeah thing and i also noticed in this scene they do a good the actors and actress they both do a good job of showing like hey all of a sudden this marriage isn't dead anymore like there's maybe it reminded her of what it was like when their youth when they were dating and now she's like i'm really into him again oh yeah because because you see her totally act differently in this scene than how she did the rest of the beginning of the movie yeah well i mean it's just like oh man my dude went to go beat some ass and now now like they're both horny for each other again (laughs) well he was like you should see the other guys and this like after he's gone home he's got you know he's beat the shit out of a couple dudes so this is where we meet Yulian uh who's the main attack antagonist and he's like and at first I was like oh this is the city like it's on some nondescript eastern European city and he's just gonna fly to America no I was wrong um got all the swagger in the world and he talked and he's talking to these other mobsters who's scared about the security of their money called you know called the MacGuffin for short because it's all it really is and then the like he, he had a one-up Hutch's glass scene in his fight by taking a martini glass and just shredding it the fuck up all over this dude and throughout this, and then he finds out that his brother's in the hospital and he goes there. And this is where he, man, I fucking still laughed at this. Whenever he, he walks in on the lackeys and he just chucks a chair. <laughs> and like, you just see it sail right into that dude's face. I know. I was like, Jesus, what the fuck happened here? God, that's the nuance that this movie shows for being what it is. It's such hilarious but you see it also happening in such like i can definitely see that fucking happening in this situation and that's what i really like a really good thing about this movie is that it is an hour and 30 minutes you are in you are they give you some details but you are out before you know it yeah they're, they're not here to hang around but they're back at the hospital they reveal that they had hutch's metro card so yeah i don't know if it's commentary against public transportation because <laughs> it might get stolen by mobsters that want to find you. But it was a really I think the nice... fact they could find him based off the Metro card. Oh yeah. Well and yeah. But there, you know, but it's got a little nice segue here with Tchaikovsky. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's happy and all this shit. But he's calling to go told to go see the barber. And the barber here is very similar to the concierge in or yeah, the concierge in John Wick. The Continental. Well, they aren't they concierge? Well, the Continental is the hotel. Yeah, I know. Concierge is the right term for him. He's the, the owner of the yeah, Continental. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's the barber, the concierge. Yeah, I, I know I know what you're referencing. Or he he's Pops and Luke Cage. No. What? The barber. It's no. like a, a representative fashion. He's Pops. It's Luke Cage. It's, this is Switzerland. What? The dude in the middle. <laughs> no, no. What? No. Or maybe I'm no, making too much of a there, connection there. That, that dude's clearly there to tell him you you here's some information you might want to know about this guy if you want to fuck him up. Yeah. But you can tell after this is all going on, Hutch is like a new man as the movie, like he just seems so like I'd be happier. Like he's just 30 pounds of stress out of his life. Yeah. Oh, he needed to get and sometimes you just need to get that get that steam out. Yeah. But he again, he's told to go to the barber. In, in this barbershop that's strapped, everyone's strapped. At the same time, Yulian is finding out about Hutch, where they blackmail a Pentagon worker, which is another fun scene because this, some random ass Pentagon worker has access to those files. Yeah, well, he had to, well, it wasn't in the system, so he had to go look for it. And after he finds it and he sends it, the girl or the, the woman IT that girl. is. The woman that's looking for this information just threw, throws down every bit of it on the floor, and it's like, "Nope, I'm out. Fuck you. I'm not nope. even. No, not even gonna." And that was hilarious. She like, I think I put the quote down. I'm out. No need to pay me. Good luck. <laughs> like, just like I ain't fucking with this dude because all you see is all of his where he's put the marks in it. Is that his entire file has been blacked out, and then it's just you have. 
all you see at the end of it is nobody. That's like a title page is shown, like nobody is his label he's been given. Of course, we're still not used to, we don't know what nobody actually stands for. Right. And then, you know, earlier he had said, I, I want to cook you dinner. And so he's cooking dinner, which I'm like, man, you just got information that this dude can probably find out who you are. You might not want to be doing that. But anyways, he sees them pull up and this is when he's like, oh shit, my family's in danger. I'm going to throw them into the basement, lock the door and tell them don't call 911. Because he's like, I still got that itch. I got that itch to fuck people up. And this is a really nice fight scene too. So like in one scene, he he's beating the shit out of this dude with a bat and then just cracks it in half and then stabs him. Yeah, that was pretty badass. The when he's shooting a guy when he's like standing on him with his back up against the staircase. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty badass moment. Like everything out it can't be said enough about this movie. The fights are just overall well choreographed. Yes, and it also shows another element, like a get a key difference between him and John Wick. John Wick is, you know, gunkata, fucking knives and all that shit. And while he uses that stuff, Hutch likes to use the, his environment to fuck people up. Yeah. Like, at one point, he just beats the shit out of a dude with, like, just slaps a plate, just like, fuck you, pal. And, you know, he's beating the shit out of all these dudes. Like, all these people, he's, like, fucking wrecked. Except for a few who finally catch him and put him in the back of a car in the trunk. Yeah, he got snuck up on with a taser and they hit him with it. I was like, all that. And a taser what brings you down. Yeah. And don't, I don't know. And whenever he's like trying to escape, he, he does a little badassery, like break it, like twist his wrist to get his get the hand out of the cuff or whatever. That a uh, dislocation of the thumb. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't I don't know too many cars equipped with a full ass fire extinguisher like this one that he's in. Well, maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a monster in this scene. Maybe they've had to burn a few bodies in the past time with gasoline. No, and man, this, gasoline is in, this, in is in a, this is in a compartment area. This is well, well, me, a car. To, well, they've burned a few bodies when they use gasoline to do it, and occasionally gas gets in places it shouldn't be, like a pant leg, and they got to have something there to take care of it. So the other guy doesn't go up in flames, you know? Um, that's my in story narrative there for why that's there. But he, you know, kicks the metal in and sprays the fire extinguisher, and the car crashes. And this is pretty fun, fun to me because they didn't show the crash; they show the like the right before and the right after. So, and he gets out and he's beating the shit because you know he just had a car wreck. And he wasn't in seated in. Yeah, he's he's beaten to this. Like you could tell he's in pain. But the I think the, a very creepy scene happens here hmm. when he just sits down calmly and starts telling the guy as a dude's bleeding out next to him about his life and what he was and what it meant for how wrong that dude fucked up and he fucked with the wrong person. Yeah, but he didn't get to finish his story. Yes, the dude died in the process. Like, there's a lot of little, like, nice, fun jokes to laugh at in here. And that's one of them is, like, he tries to st- tell his story and they die in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, but it's here he reveals what an auditor is. And it, it, it's someone that has to clean it, like, pretty much end shit. Yeah, like they, he said. They go it? to end it. He's, like, he's an auditor for the three organizations of the United States government. And he couldn't exactly arrest people, so he just killed them. Yeah, it was just like uh, he goes back, like uh, he causes dad goes back to the house. He doesn't clean up like for the kids not to see, but he sure does take. He takes the he leaves them locked in so he can go take a shower first. I mean, he just got blood and guts about ten people on him. So yeah, and it's still all over the house. Yeah, well, as uh, we can see, that don't matter much. Yeah, and he tells the. Family get away. They do. He's like, I won't lie to you, baby. And he goes to talk to these dudes. He's just about to fucking kill if they're still alive, which no, they're not after he's done. I do want to say I'm a little sad that when he lets his wife and family out of the basement that and he's like, 
go here, get away, put as much distance between us as you can. I that she doesn't give him a kiss when he leave, when she leaves, and just kind of like this longing, like, is this the man I married originally? Oh, maybe. She's like, who the fuck is this dude? Because it's here that you realize, like, you realize that she doesn't know what he's done. Yeah, but it's again another little fun scene. He's talking to him, telling his story, which is funny to me because there's certain details he don't remember. Because he's like between that, he's like Alan, no, Aaron, no, no, Alan, and then he has a question about which gun he was using. Um, and he's trying to tell the story why he stopped being an auditor, or you know, well, he got out. But at this time, this is when he finds the fucking kitty cat bracelet, which is yeah, that's the literal thing that started this. And then you bet he had that moment. He's like, "Fuck, this all started." Here, if I would just check the house better. Yeah. Tell your daughter to check the house better. It's her shit. I know. Or if he was just gone behind her, like, see, here it is, honey, no issues. Um, so he, he burns down the house. Nice little scene. Burns a nice vinyl collection. And uh, at the same time, you know, Louis, Louis Armstrong's It's a Wonderful World is playing. Because now he's happy that he can be, he's going to be himself. And he steals the neighbor's car and another fun line. Oh, this go zero to 60 and I'm about to find out, fucking find out. Yeah, that's called back to the beginning. Yeah. And at the same time, the dad at the nursing home and a couple of dudes going to go to kill him. And, he, you know, this is where Christopher Lloyd, you know, he, he packing that heat, that fucking double barrel shotgun heat. And he just... <laughs> Kills both and the. Well, did you see how he? Like, did you see how he stopped the gun from shooting him? Yeah, he put the finger into the. He stuck his finger hammer. between a hammer and a. That's you know, I was just like, oh shit! And then bam, well, one's dead, and bam, the other one. Yeah, and he's like, and this is the funniest shit ever. Is when this orderly's running down the hall, and then he really believes that it was a western show he was watching. Yeah, he said, as he's sitting there holding the other guy that's bleeding out, trying to keep him from making any noise. Yeah. And if you've ever shot shot a shotgun, you know that there's no way you can mistake that for a TV show. And this is where Hutch just like, I'm going to take all this fucking gold that I've had stored in my house, and I'm going to give it to my in-laws and buy the business. Whenever Hutch called his dad, he's like, hey, that thing I said it's going to do, it's gone south. Like you see, like, Christopher Lloyd's eyes light up like a kid at Christmas. He gets really fucking excited about it. He's like, ooh, fun time now. Oh, oh, speaking of Christmas, do you like Christmas movies, Tracy? Somewhat. Do you like Home Alone? A little bit. Do you like when action movies go home alone in their fucking factory? Oh, yes. Because that's what happened here. (laughs) That motherfucking Kevin McAllister, this fucking whole factory... Yeah. It was pretty fun scene. Yeah, when he bought the the factory from his in laws with all that code, I liked when he just fucking liver punched his brother in law. He's just like, you know what, dude? Fuck you. You pointed a gun at my face earlier. Just bah. like oh, I yeah, he's it. been warned. Breathe deep. Breathe deep. Breathe deep. Breathe deep. Breathe deep. I and, bet he's been wanting to do that for a while. Oh yeah, and you was like again. You go back to the differences between badass and fake badass. Yeah, and the, like his brother-in-law, this what Charlie dude is straight up a fucking January sixth incel dude, and oh, you know definitely. It. So this is when the attack starts, and we're built like we're getting into we're getting into the final act. And another song, good good choice, Andy Williams, which you know Nelson from The Simpsons loves. It, you've never watched The Simpsons, hardly. I don't make that connection of Andy Williams and Nelson. So when uh in the episode they go to they go on a road trip, they go through Branson. Like when Bart uh-huh. gets his gets a fake license. Is this the one where like he has the cruise control and he's driving through a cornfield? Yes. Okay. When I they get remember to, that episode. When they get to Branson, Nelson sees that they're playing Andy Williams and he may, he forces them to stop so he can listen to him. Um wow. And this is where he, you know, goes scorched earth. And burns up the whole, all this money and all these paintings, except for one. Like the entire MacGuffin that is the Russian mobs 
retirement yeah. policy or whatever. And this dude just puts, you know, gasoline into a sprinkler system. I'm not going to argue the logistics of that, but it's still a pretty cool sight. Yeah. And then he has the balls to just go into this bar that Julian runs or owns or whatever and just eats in front of him as he's singing, eating a steak dinner. And yeah. I was like, this is the badass I want. I've been, I've been waiting this whole fucking time for the balls of steel on him just because they're like, hey, dude, I exactly. know who you are. You know who I am. You um, know why we're here. And this is where the confrontation happens between the two. And he's just like, Elian, I've, I've fucked your world up beyond recognition. You don't have anyone. You don't have any money now to protect. You wanted out. In my I, fucking house. So uh, you go your way. I go mine. How about that? And even officer, because, you know, it's hinted at when they see the barber that Yulia Yulian wants out anyways. He just isn't mm-hmm. able to get out. And it's like, look, dude, I gave you an out. Go to some place and just disappear. Don't like, come back. It's like, you know what? Thank you, dude. You Good looking out for me. You go about your life. Have fun. No, that's not what happened here. Of course, he doesn't take it. Or he's just kind of like, this is when I leave, how you react depends on how the rest of the night's going to go for both of us. And, and of course, he- we on. start a chase sequence. A little, little fun one with uh, your heartbreaker. Yeah. In, in this, what I, I guess, Dodge Challenger. I'm not good with cars. I'm terrible with cars. Uh, Challenger Camaro. It's a, insert any... 70s yeah muscle car yeah 60s it was a, muscle car. But, you know and they're driving around and it's a little fun sequence and he get he gets back to the site and stops to make sure he takes out the artwork first yeah, instead so of running happens. inside he does this he's like nope we gotta have this art y'all I, I stole this fair and square gotta have something nice and so we get to the real the final shootout, and this is where you meet his brother. Finally, he's been talking. This is uh, you've been talking on the shortwave radio. He called him, and it's RZA. Have you ever heard of RZA? Isn't he in Wu Tang or was in Wu Tang? Isn't that RZA? No, R- RZA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was in Wu Tang. Yeah, so I was thinking he was a Wu Tang. Like, yeah, but he's like, see, I, I'm not a big music person, uh-huh. and so, like, I know him through other things, like usually his composing of movies, especially uh, Kill Bill Volume One, oh, and the he... Man with the Iron, or because yeah, he did the music for for that movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, and he's been in a lot of different things that I. Uh, like he was in GI Joe Retaliation, very heroic. to seen that. Humar Christmas, uh, Scary Movie Three. Okay, wow, on that one. He he did so uh, the music for Afro Samurai, which was a fun show, if I recall correctly. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. That was very much a tsunami show while we were growing up. Oh yeah, he directed an episode of Iron Fist. Huh. Well, you know, Wu Tang, all of them are just a bunch of comic book nerds anyway, so. Yeah. Uh. Wait. Me- yeah. Like Method Man. I mean, I know this is not Wu Tang, but Method Man was in like Luke Cage. Method Man was in Wu Tang as well. I say again. Yeah. Method Man, Red Man. I'm not knowing shit about music. Method Man, Red Man, RZA, and who was there's two other I think in O Dirty ODB and original. Yeah. RZA, O Dirty Bastard, Meth Man, Rekwon, Ghostface Killer, Inspector Deck, You Got Mustafa Kills. Some Again, if you're, if you're listening to this, don't hold that and you are a big Wu-Tang fan. Please don't hold that against me. I'm just not a music. I just don't know shit about music. So Reza kills with three, like in this time, Reza and Christopher Lloyd show up to help Hutch. And this is a really fun scene to me because you see things like Reza, you know, shooting three dudes, like with one sniper bullet. That triple kill? Range. Yes. And then he uses a trap and uses like you know gets him a little action action movie line in, mm-hmm. uh, which fun fun trap that I would really just be like kill myself if I ever got caught in Constantine wire like that. Oh yeah, I'd um, really like kill me. One of my favorite 
scenes, quotes in the movie is actually that when Christopher Lloyd's character first sees uh, Hutch, and he's like, ha-ha, son. And Hutch is like, you brought a lot of shotguns. And Christopher Lloyd's just like, well, you brought a lot of Russians. <laughs> in, in this scene, and I'm glad Christopher Lloyd got to do this because he almost didn't. He did if, if IMDb is to be believed, uh, he has had a medical issue. Oh, shit. And, and almost didn't, wasn't able to do it. Because he looked like he's having the time as a lot. Yes, he is <laughs> like fucking got his shotgun and just, I'm like, God dang, God, I wish we had gotten Christopher Lloyd in more action movies. That would have been great. Yeah, just because. He hasn't been in the other action movies, has he really? Or like in a role Commando. like that? Oh. I was frozen today. You don't remember that movie? Or Suburban at least Commando? trailer for it? No. All right. So this is going to date me. Um, the You're trailer for Matt. Suburban Commando was always before Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. I don't remember that. Because I, this is how I knew this movie for so long. And it took me forever before I finally watched that it's really not good, but there's some good parts. And this dude's like, like in one scene, one scene of Suburban Commandos, like, I'm going to pound your face. Or he's like, I, or no, he says something along the lines, you know what we're going to do to you. And Hulk Hogan's like, you're going to pound my face. He's like, what are you nuts? This is the nineties. We're going to sue you. Wow. Um, yeah. I just remember that whole trailer because I saw it every time <laughs> right before Ninja Turtles two started. Yeah, I don't really remember Suburban Commando any at all. You should go look up the trailer and you'll you'll be like, I, you might vaguely remember it because okay. I'm assuming I'm assuming a guy in his mid thirties watched fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. I mean, I own a copy of it, so I could probably put it in and play it on VHS DVD. So yeah, it, it would be on VHS. Oh. So there's another funny spot here where Hutch is like hiding and he wipes off the days without injury at the worst time without an accident or yes. due to an accident. I was like, that's true. Uh, and we get a cool little, you know, something I like whenever we get back to back with the action stars to shoot people. And you know, it was I'm, back to back to back, though. Yeah. With Chris Floyd. And I'm not going to lie. Um, I thought somebody, the dad or the brother, was going to die in this shot. Like, I thought one of them was going to get shot and one of them was going to die. Just no, one to of them did get shot. Yeah, but I thought, like, it was going to be, like, in that back-to-back, like, one of them was just going to get killed, just done. No. I, I, I mean, and this kind of, like, tells me that they're set, they're setting up for a sequel with these people, and I really hope they do. I really, really do hope. And this is really, all right, we're out of bullets. What the fuck else do we have? Oh, I have this Claymore. This fucking claymore. Yeah. Well, and all of a sudden I'm gonna put I'm gonna strap it to the front of this, you know, semi bulletproof glass and just run up to him and end this movie. And that's what he does. I just like just like fuck it. And that, you know, wraps up pretty much the the movie. Yeah. Except we have a couple more scenes. Yeah, a few like codas so, at the end of it. Yeah. And there but overall. Really fun ending scene. Just, you know, he's dead. Uh, and he go, but, you know, we go back to the interrogator's office where he's like, again, I'm a nobody. And then they get a call. Be like, no, let this dude go. Yeah, just and, both of them. Get, it wasn't just one of them gets a call. It's both of them got a call yeah. at the same time. It's like, you need to let this man go. <laughs> because if it was a real interrogation, he wouldn't have the cat, the food, the can opener. Wouldn't have none of that. Probably not even the cigarettes. I mean, shit. Oh, whatever. probably not. Not nowadays. Definitely not. Maybe what's supposed to have those. He's like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I do um, what I want. And then, you know, with the th- cut to three months later and they're looking for a house and he gets called in about through the realtor's phone. It's for, it's for you. It's like, oh, uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Be there in a minute. Hangs up on him. It's like, and the worst is like, is there anything else you'd like? And like we'd like a, basement or the wife's like oh, we need a basement yeah. and this is where connie nielsen's like oh yeah i'm part i'm part of this dude's life now so he's a basement the, and then we I, get a, a quick stinger scene with Riza and crystal christopher lloyd just chick chatting in their rv about all the fucking weapons they have because they get a one thing we haven't somewhere. mentioned is how 
paranoid Riza is, Riza yeah. is in this movie. Well, he's in hiding for the majority of it. He comes out of hiding to help them. Oh yeah, he even said earlier, like I won't come out of hiding for your for your white ass. So get, that's, well, I want to say the clue at the end. It's like they get the call and they're like, all right. I guess we're going ahead there, and they start driving there. And Riz is like, "Why don't we take a plane?" And Chris Wood's like, "How are we gonna get through airport airport security with all these?" And now you got the rose flip there. Christopher Lloyd wanted to fly. Oh, uh, it's like, how do we get the airport security with all these? And it pulls back in the back of the van, and it's just nothing but guns in the back of the van. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then so, credits. Yeah, yep, roll credits. Sweet. And that concludes nobody. I know. So, what'd you think? I've, I thoroughly enjoyed this fucking movie. It was a hell of a blast, hell of a time. Like, I've been answering to, like, watch it again just because. It's just so damn good. It's quick. It's easier in and out. And it moves really quick as well. Like, fast paced. Like, the first 10, 15 minutes, it sets it up. And you kind of, when you're like, oh, man, I feel sorry for this dude when it's really laying on thick. Made Tay drag a little bit slow. But, I mean, the rest of the movie, it just moves so damn quick. And it, it's really well overall done. And it's got some hilarious bits in it. I really enjoyed this movie. Oh, same here. Um, really fun movie. You're like I said before. You're in. You get what you need, and then you're out before you know it. it, it it's yeah. not. If there's any scenes that do draw on too long, it's not long enough for you to care. Like it's not parts where you're like God, where you're just you know hand on your head on your hand. Like come fuck on. Yeah, it's nothing like that. That's, you're. And you always know in the back of your mind, just seeing the picture, like, I think that cold open in the beginning, I think adds to kind of the mystery because you're kind of, you know, something big is coming. You know, something's coming up. It starts off with him in a very mundane life. And you're kind of saying, like, is this what sets it off? Is this what sets it off? And it's, yeah. it's I like that. And, movie. and I, I, again, I like that he's a weaker version of John Wick, like with layers. Like John Wick's still trying to avenge the fuck for his fucking dog's death yeah. three movies in. So this one, uh, I really hope we get at least a couple, like one, maybe two more of these movies. And of course, you know, Bob Odenkirk did have his heart attack, I think last year, but he's fine or earlier this year, maybe even, but he is supposedly fine. And I hope he bounces back from that and let us get at least Christopher Lloyd and one more, one or a couple or a couple more movies. Uh, I like the music that they had with this. The yeah, the move the music was always a very well done touch added to it. Yes, and like I, I said, like this dude's got like some home aloneing, MacGyvering shit going on. Like there, if you've ever been on IMDb, Tracy. I mean, yeah, but I probably don't spend anywhere near much time on as you do. I easily just record my shit, maybe scan through the trivia, but there's a reference page. And if there's anything vaguely similar into an, from another movie, they add it. Yeah. Like here they have from Fatty versus Jason impalement by many rebars because they've never used rebar as a kill, as a killing part in a movie ever before. So when I saw that scene, when he shot the rebar out of the cannon, you know what it reminded me of? Did you ever watch the show Sirens? No. I'm sure you've seen the clip of it, though, maybe, of a dude with, like, a rebar pass through him, like, kind of like diagonally. And he's like, I'm about to get paid. This is, this building's owned by the city. They're about to pay me. Well, I'm going to be able to retire. And he's like, I'm going to go down with this money and open up a bar in and, and the tropics. And he's like, you should call it rebar. And he's like, dude, you drink for life. It's a pretty hilarious show. But yes, that wraps it up for this week. What are we doing next week? Next week, we are journeying into a are we the start of a film series. I've been kind of interested in seeing, but never have. And it's the Kingsman story with the Kingsman, the Secret Service, the first one. I've been interested, kind of wanting to get into these, but they're not really on streaming services. And so, well, they're so, yeah. on the Mad Tom. They're on the Maddie Matts Voodoo account. So service. yeah. So, yeah, I'll definitely be able to get to see it now. And I've been just kind of wanting to see these, how they are. These are, they're based off a comic book, aren't they? Yeah, sure. I think they are. We'll find out next week. We will. 
tune in next time here and join us on the 35 million podcast as we as you journey through this works with us for some of us new and one of us not so new yep and like yep. subscribe comment like, let us know what you enjoy comment. yeah tell let us, us know what kind of themes you want to see that us do tell us if you hate us yeah, you can like, save that. Uh, I'm well. I mean, if it ever gets popular enough, they'll tell us. We they hate it. People tell yeah. us. People will hate listening to us because they have nothing better to do with the in their lives. Oh man! And you're right. And we're recording this on the day that Roe v. Wade got overturned, so we need an escape from that bullshit. We if do. you will say this, I speak for myself. I don't speak for Tracy. Uh, donate to your Donate to plant to your local Planned Parenthood and shit like that. They're gonna need it. They will. Have a good time until stay safe, everybody. Until the next flip and the flippity flop. <laughs>